0: So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. Hi, everyone,
1: and welcome to episode number 312 of The Freelancer Show. Today on our panel, we've got Jeremy Green. Hey, everybody. And I'm Ruben Lerner, and we are going to talk to you this week about the care and feeding of a mailing list. So... I remember it was probably like a good 10 years ago when a friend of mine who has like a graphic design and SEO agency told me that he was helping people to set up mailing lists through a company called Aweber. I was (laughs) like, why do you need special software for mailing lists? Like, I don't get it. Just send it to everyone for crying out loud. Like what's wrong with it? And over the years, I began to understand that he wasn't talking about mailing lists for like discussion. He was talking about mailing lists for marketing. Um, and, of course, you know, in the years since, all sorts of companies like MailChimp and Drip and so forth and many others, not to leave anyone out, have <laughs> become very popular, profitable, and even integral to having all sorts of online businesses. It took me a long time to figure out how to do it, and I'm still learning. Um, and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this week about, <laughs> I guess, to put it bluntly, the, le- the lessons I've learned, good and bad, <laughs> and um, – Jeremy is like sort of where I was a few years ago. So hopefully we can push him along a little bit and give him some advice and or he will point out where I'm still making lots of mistakes and uh, (laughs) able to do this much better. So I would say the first thing about mailing lists is um, like I I think it was Patrick McKenzie who wrote a few years ago, like many years ago, start it. like you should start a mailing list. It's never too late that you will regret not having done it. And I was like, well, it's been so long and I haven't done it. And then finally, I I decided to do it. I did use actually Aweber for a while, then I switched to Drip. Um, And I know there's been like a lot of backlash against Drip over the last year or so. I'm not one of those people for the most part. I'm pretty happy with them. I'm very happy with the functionality. I'm even happy with like some of the other stuff that people are complaining about. But overall, I'm happy. But I did my list then in this way. I treated it like a blog. So every so often, I would write to the list. But it was so, so often. It was so every so often that I would basically say, "Hi everyone, I'm so sorry I haven't written in a long time." (laughs) Now, literally, no one was waiting to read my next message. (laughs) Like, literally, no one was like, "Oh, I, I really wish that we like, you know, got something from it." So basically, um, this was a terrible way to write a list. And after like struggling with this, and I probably wrote about 20 messages to the list along those lines. Where it was like sometimes once a week sometimes once every three months and people didn't know when they were going to hear from me. Um, And I finally switched it. And this was thanks to uh, my friend, colleague uh, Marcus Blankenship um, who suggested changing these around totally. And this was mind blowing. And I've done this to this day. Um, And then I sort of added to it, which was have a two track list, have an evergreen list. And so I'll, I'll get into like some, some like jargon in a few moments, meaning when someone signs up, they then get issue one, The next week, they get issue two. The next week, they get issue three. And it doesn't matter if they sign up January 1st or March 15th or October 20th. The following Monday, they get issue one. Then they get issue two. Then they get issue three. Meaning, if you have written 20 issues, you have to do zero, literally zero, for all those new people on your list. And indeed, on my main list right now, I have about 80, 85 messages, which means that I do literally nothing and people are guaranteed to get something every single week. Um, and then, but what about like marketing stuff? What about sending special things out to people? All right. So then you send special things out to people, you have them on your list, you have them as a subscriber and you know who they are and you can send it out and you just make sure to write it in a way that does not depend on the timing. So you write your evergreen stuff in a way that does not depend on timing. And you write your special edition broadcast marketing stuff in a way that does depend on timing and no one knows any better. And it works magnificently. So I. Yeah, I'm sorry. You were
2: going to say something. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. So do you try to spread out your sending within the week between the uh, the evergreen stuff and the new stuff? Like always send the evergreen stuff on Mondays and then Wednesday or Thursday is when you send your real-time marketing emails? Or do you even worry about how those timings interact or or what?
1: I worry about it a little bit. So basically, the, the evergreen stuff, so I have this, like, it's mostly Python stuff, uh, some other things too, but I call it my better developers list. Let's become better developers. Um, and so people sign up, and they get, as I said, every Monday at 11 a.m. their time, they get a new message. And that's pretty standard. And, and I would say nowadays, I probably write a new message every two weeks or so. So the most like like the, the most veteran members of my list are actually the ones who get the least, but they don't seem to mind, or I hope they don't <laughs> mind. Don't tell them. Anyway, um, so I know that Mondays at 11 a.m. is like when they're going to get that stuff. And so I do try to send out my other marketing stuff. So, for example, right now, I'm launching a new cohort of weekly Python exercise. And when I launch a new book or a new course, so I send that out not at 11 a.m. Mondays. I'll send it maybe a different day, maybe a different time. So, like this week, I'm sending out a new five-message campaign to everyone on my list. Um uh, announcing the new cohort of weekly Python exercise. And so that went out at like 2 p.m. on Monday. And then the rest of the week, it's going to be 11 a.m. every day to uh, send out um, you know, the messages. So Monday, 2 p.m., then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 11 a.m. Okay. Um, But like, I mean, yeah, I, would people really notice? Would I care? I, I don't know. Like I don't have enough experience to really tell you whether it's a big deal, good or bad, to uh, – um, you know, to, to, to have it at the same time or earlier or later. I know there are people who have done all sorts of checks about this. Like, is it good to send it early in the morning? Is it good to send it late at night? I'm I'm not at that point. Yeah. Although maybe I should be. So that's basically what I've got going. And it means whenever I have something new, I have this, as it were, captive audience to whom I can market either using the broadcast. And let me let me use a little jargon now. When you think of a mailing list, like when I – and I've been using email for like years and years and years since the mid 1980s. So when I would think about a mailing list, I would think of like a listserv sort of thing. And of course there are lots of different you know things like that where it's a discussion list. And so this is not that what you have are subscribers and every company does this a little differently. So I'll use it the way that drip does. And I know that everyone describes it a little differently. The subscribers are email addresses you have, to whom you can send messages. When you send a message out to all your subscribers, that's known in drip jargon as a broadcast. And it's like it's a one-way thing. So I'm going to send a broadcast to my, all my subscribers telling them I have this fantastic new course or I have a new whatever. And that's a, like a normal – that's what you would sort of normally think about. There are also these things called campaigns and a campaign is a, well, this is where Drip got their name, like a drip campaign where a set of messages, not one message, but three messages or five messages or 10 messages or 80 messages that are sent out over a set amount of time. So my Better Developers newsletter and my Trainer Weekly newsletter are both drip campaigns where you get it every Monday at 11 a.m. So it's it's a campaign where if you join the campaign, then you will get it every Monday at 11. Great. Um, but I have other things. So for instance, this, this five message marketing thing, for um you know for my uh new cohort that is a campaign that i added all of my subscribers to and it will go for five messages and then they're done then they're out of it um so people are actually members of multiple campaigns and people are getting my broadcasts as well and luckily these mailing list software packages or like the 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 the, the services keep track of who is a subscriber to what and what they've received and when um and, and so so now how do I get people on my list? Like what, So once they're on – by the way, the whole theory is once they're on and they're getting lots of stuff from me and they're getting it for free, they're going to be like, wow, this guy is so brilliant. I must throw money his way uh, or something equivalent, right? <laughs> and the idea is that, OK, I'm going to you – know, and, and by the way, dear listener, if you want to throw money my way, go ahead. I, I'm all in favor. Um, but the idea is like they will – some combination of like what you're writing – and feel like, oh, I should give them something back and or it'll really be speaking to their problems and their issues. And then they'll be like, oh, I want to buy this course. I want to buy this book. And some people buy it right away and some people will wait two years, three years to buy. Um, and it's, it's hard to know who is going to be when. But the larger your list and you know the better your marketing copy, the better chance you're going to get
2: people to be able to buy from you.
1: OK. Any, any, anything like not clear so far? Anything I can clarify so far?
2: No, I think that makes sense. All You're right, basically collecting email addresses and sending those addresses stuff. Right, right, and on and various I schedules. Want,
1: yeah, exactly. And and are definitely um, now I tend to write a lot. All right, I, I mean, won't surprise anyone to listen to the podcast. I tend to talk a lot, I tend to write a lot, and so like I mean, each of the newsletter things that I send out, each of my campaign messages is probably around like fifteen hundred to two thousand words. I have been told this is too long. And lately I've been trying to make it a little shorter. Um, But it's like, you know, a magazine article length or a long blog length. There is no rule about how much to write. There's no rule about how often to write. Um, And I think it was Rob Walling wrote once, said once, just be consistent. If you can tell people we're going to be writing, you know, I'm going to write every day, every week. Great. It's going to be every day. Great. It's going to be every month. Great. Just tell them what you're going to be doing, how often you're going to be doing it. And then go with that. Um, and if you somehow mess up here and there, that's OK, too. So how do I get people on these mailing lists? So this was another thing that like I wasn't quite sure about. Um, so I would post on my blog, hey, join my mailing list. No one signs okay. up with such posts, <laughs> right? So you say on your blog, I have the most amazing mailing list in the world. Um, you, know, you will learn great things. No, 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 no. You have to be a little savvier about your marketing. So there are a few ways to get the one. One is to say, and I still have this on my blog right now, right, you know, join 10,000 other Python developers every week and get hints. Or I write a little shorter than that, but that's the basic idea. You know, every week, every Monday, you get Python tips in your mailbox. And so I definitely get some people signing up from that. I use, um, what is it called? Uh, not AppSumo. Uh, King Sumo. No, it's one of those Sumo, Sumo. It's one of those Sumo thingies that you put on your (laughs) list, and I'm sure they're delighted that their marketing is so strong that I was able to recognize what their brand name is. Um, In any event, so Sumo lets you set up all sorts of ways to get people on. Some of them are more annoying than others. So I just have a banner at the top of my blog saying to people, you know, you can sign up. I used to have something that would then, like, block the site and say, hey, before you read this, don't you want to sign up? People went crazy angry over this. I would suggest don't do that. It will just make them angry, especially if your blog post gets picked up by someone like Reddit. Like that happened to me. It was picked up on Reddit and people said, hey, I can't read your thing because you're spamming me with your your advertisement. So I I removed it. Um, Another way, very, very popular, is to do what are known as lead um, magnets. And that's a fancy way for saying next to your blog post, on your blog post, say, hey, I've got this great document. Don't you want it? And the answer is, of course, it must be brilliant, to which you say, OK, well, if you want the thing, give me your email address. And then, aha, just like that, you have their email address and you add them to your list. Is that a little bit sneaky? Yes. Um, uh, But it's not too sneaky. It's pretty standard. And typically, like I have people say, I don't know how I got on your list, but I really like it. Well, I know how. right? I can always trace it back via drip. And often it's via those lead magnets. Um. My, my friend uh, Ari Lamstein, also a listener of the show, and he was a guest on here as well, he gave me the idea of if you have a code-related blog post, then the lead magnet can be the code that goes with this blog post. So, hey, do you want to just download the code for this? Click here. You click here. You enter your email address. You download it. Everyone's happy. Um, I've been using something called content upgrades. Uh, from, and of course I can't remember exactly from who anyway, I'll I'll put in the show notes and I've been pretty happy with them. I think Sumo now does that as well. There are a few different places you can do these sorts of lead magnets on your, uh, blog. I would not say this has been super successful for me. I haven't gotten a ton of people this way, but you know, it's some here and there like, you know, once every week or so I'll get someone. Um, by far though, well, another way to do it is to have what are called uh, email courses. So that's just a campaign that people join to learn about something. So I have a campaign about uh, Python variable scoping. Uh, I have another one about teaching programming better. I have like five or six free email courses. And it used to be that at the end of the email course, that was it. That was the end. And uh, Kai Davis and Kurt Elster said to me, no, no, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you have these people's email addresses. So I took their advice. And at the end of each of these email courses, I sent them another note saying, I hope you've gotten value from this email course. Uh, I can give you even more value every week on my better developers list. I'm going to add you to that right now. And if you ever want to unsubscribe, just do that. This is known in the marketing business opt out, meaning I'm going to send you things unless you say no. And most people say yes. And most people are very happy to be on it. So I've got a whole bunch of people joining, you know, because they see the email course. They see it mentioned. It's on my blog. It's on my website. Whatever it is, they join and boom, they're on my list. All of these are free. Right. All these things, I mean, except for like the software to do the content upgrades and so forth, but all these things you just need to pay for the mailing list software and all and like your blog, but all that other stuff works. Um, another way that I've gotten people to sign up, and this is not free and this can cost you, depends on how much you want to do it, is lead ads on Facebook. And I've only done this a few times and it has been wildly successful. Basically, whenever I have a new course starting up, new code weekly Python exercise, I, t- I put ads on Facebook and I target them at people interested in Python. Not a big surprise. And I have a video ad. So I have a, an ad of myself talking, saying, please join this course. And then it says, learn more, right? That's how the ad works. When someone clicks on learn more, they get a pop-up in Facebook with their name, their email address, and their country all filled in. Why name and email address? Because that's part of the standard thing. Why their country? Because I want to know their country. And I, I just specify that in the lead ad. Um, I pay Facebook per person who's clicking on this. Um, and they then are they, they are subscribed to one of my email courses. Typically, an uh, email course is like a marketing campaign for, we can buy that exercise. They then get in, they get the pitch, and then they're added to my email list. So if they join this time, fantastic. The ad is paid for itself right away. If not, then hopefully they'll join next time around, but they're on my list and they're getting stuff every week and maybe they'll even buy one of my books or other courses. And so over time through all these different things, I'm getting more and more and more people. I just like spent a fair amount of money. Like I spent like, I don't know, like $1,500, $2,000 actually on Facebook ads. Cause I wanted to get a ton of people interested in me by that exercise. It worked out to be like $1.20, $1.50 per new lead, per, per new person on my mailing list. Meaning my mailing list is now more than 10,000 people um, and next time around I want to plug a book, a course or whatever. It will be great, right? Like I'll have even more people to whom I can pitch and I don't need to add that many people now until the next go around. So it just sort of grows and grows and you have more and more people to whom you can pitch. And by the way, every time you email your list, whether it's a campaign, whether it's marketing, whether it's a broadcast, you will lose subscribers. You just got it. Like it hurts. It does hurt. It's normal. Um, (laughs) And I think it was Kai Davis who like said at some point, um, what you're still getting messages every time someone unsubscribes from your list. If you don't turn that off right now, I will rip the laptop out of your hand and I will, (laughs) and I will do this for you because it is normal to be upset when you see people unsubscribing. Um, And yet it's normal for them to unsubscribe for all sorts of reasons that have nothing to do with you. They don't hate you. So let them unsubscribe. If they're really interested, they'll keep subscribing. And sometimes like, let them be, right? Maybe they're not going to buy anything from you. That's okay, too. So that, in a nutshell, is my mailing list, like, um, setup. Uh, now, it can be way more sophisticated than this. Brennan Dunn is, like, the master of tagging people and then getting back to them and saying, hey, I see you didn't buy, even though you're interested in Python and interested in books. Uh, he has all sorts of crazy automated stuff set up. Um, which is super, super impressive. And I, I hope to get there one day. I've actually got a, a high school kid who's going to be helping me over the next few months to organize the tags I have in Drip and organize how, who has sent what so that I can do that sort of thing. Um, and I should add Brennan has a new company called oh, – what is it called? Was it called?
2: Write Message.
1: Uh, right Message. There we go. Uh, where they do the same sort of collecting of email addresses but they claim to do it in a way smarter way. Uh, I totally believe it's way smarter. I actually signed up to get the free sample months ago, and I have not yet tried it. Sorry, Brendan, if you're listening. But I will try <laughs> it at some point soon, and I'm sure it's, like, way better than what I've got now.
2: Yeah, the personalization stuff of write Message looks very cool. And it makes so much
1: sense, right? Like, like, what they're basically doing is saying, well, I mean, Drip works through cookies. And so it knows what – and if you install the JavaScript on your blog – So it knows what pages people have seen. It knows what messages people have seen from your list. It knows what they've subscribed to. So you can then set up a rule of some sort saying, well, if someone has looked at this and this and this, they probably like Python. So send them the Python pitch or, oh, they like this and this and this. They probably like, uh, you know, Perl. So send them, you know, send them, uh, you know, make fun of them. No, no, no. I I don't really mean (laughs) that. Uh, (laughs) There's no one to make fun of anymore because no one uses Perl. No, 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 really.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dig in a hole. Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway so that's uh that's that's how i set things up and i feel like even if there's lots to still um you know even if there's still lots for me to improve on i feel like i now have this infrastructure on top of which i can build more do more and so forth
0: yep deploy more pay less with DigitalOcean the simplest all-in-one cloud computing platform for developers. Scale and run cloud applications faster and more efficiently with effortless administration tools to robust compute flexible configurations, networking services, real-time alerts, and rapid provisioning while enjoying industry-leading price to performance with a flat pricing structure across all global data center regions at any usage volume. Spend more time building better web apps and less time worrying about managing infrastructure with DigitalOcean. Build your next app on DigitalOcean. Get started with a free $100
2: credit at do.co slash freelancers. Uh, so I've got a, a few questions for you that I was jotting down as you were kind of going over the the main architecture of what you do. Um, so since you are writing new content for your list every week or two weeks or whatever, uh, that means you're generating a pretty good amount of content. Do you reuse that in any way, like, you know, post it to your website two weeks after it's been an email or anything to kind of get additional use out of that? content
1: no and i probably should and I, i've heard people say i've heard people get, come up with a few ideas one is people have said they turn their like favorite newsletters into a book right mm-hmm. and that can be a lead magnet so i could say here like you know uh get the 10 best messages from the better developers list here just you know click here and download and i get a few hundred people on my blog every day so i probably could add a few new subscribers that way or i could even sell the book Right. Like, you yeah. know, if I were to say like $5, $5 for the 20 best essays, um, people might buy that. They might not, who knows. Um, so one thing is for the blog for free Another is to make a lead magnet for free. A third is to sell it. Um, a th- another thing that I've seen people do is, oh, here's an important thing. When someone joins my list, they get a welcome message and it says, please write to me and answer these questions. And I ask them like, who, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? And what challenges are you facing in your work? And I probably get like two to five messages a week from people. I'm kind of behind in answering them, but they are uniformly ecstatic that I've asked them to tell me about, that they should tell me about themselves, right? It's really a nice personal touch. And people say this all the time. So um, what I've seen people do then is, I saw this in one list, I can't remember which one, is um, you sign up for the list and it says, Hi, you're gonna get a new message every week. I've been writing this for a while, and I'm gonna send you the best hits over the next five days. So right, you sign up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're gonna get the best things from the list. And you will get like, you know, the story, you'll start with issue one, then issue two, then issue three. Um, and I thought that was really clever. Like hit them up right away with wow, this is great content. You wanna pay attention to it. Um, I have not done that, but I I, I may at some point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Another technique I've seen people use is uh, they will repost stuff from their list onto their website, maybe a week or two weeks after the fact. And, you know, make it known on the site that said, hey, this article went out to my list a week before it showed up here on the website. Uh, if you want to get early access to my articles, you can join the list. Um,
1: oh, that's good. That's good. Um I mean, in terms of, I was just thinking now, like also, I guess I do sort of reuse the content also in my training, right? Like a lot mm. of times, mm-hmm. I write about stuff that um, e- either I've I've taught it, and so it's easy for me to write about, or I want to teach it, and so I use it on my list, like my list is sort of my guinea pig for explaining and coming up with good explanations and metaphors, and then I can use that in my training. So it is all like
2: you know cross pollinating there. Yep. Uh, Do you do anything in terms of actively pruning your list, like via (laughs) click tracking or open tracking so that you can say, you know, oh, this person hasn't even opened an email from me in six months. I'm going to unsubscribe them.
1: No, and I should. Um, So all these all these uh, mailing list systems. Um, have that sort of click tracking, and and what that means is um, when you open the email. So modern email is not just text, right? It's often HTML, and in that HTML, most of these mailing list things will put a one pixel, one by one invisible pixel. And the idea is then, when someone opens the email, that pixel um, has a unique URL, and that pings the server at Drip and tells Drip, yes, the person opened the message. Um, and so what you can do is you can keep track of your open rates and open rates are like the, um, go to metric in the email world. So if you try to advertise somewhere or you have someone advertise on your list, for example, they'll say, well, what's your open rate? So I can tell you right now here, just like I, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, weekly by the next exercise, autumn intro. So that's like the, the five day thing. I see the open rate is 31%. Okay. Like that's, you know, that's pretty good. I, I you know, better better than average. Um, the sample that I sent out, which is a much, much smaller group, but the sample uh, exercise I sent out was a 57% open rate. Um, my weekly list is a 28% open rate. Now, 28%, that means that like I got 10,000 people, but it means only like 2,800 of them are actually opening it. Now, before that drives me into deep depression, um, I have to realize also that open rates are notoriously unreliable it's probably higher than that. No one will talk about that number because there's no way to measure it. But some larger number that is actually subscribing. So what Jeremy's saying is, well, look, <laughs> you're paying DRIP per number of people you have. It's preposterous for you to like be paying for a 10,000-person list when you could be paying for a 3,000-person list or 5,000-person list and get
2: rid of the people who've never opened. So I've never done that. Um, and the reason is... Oh, sorry. You want to say something? Oh, yeah. I was going to say just for the record, I'm I'm kind of anti-pruning. Uh, I uh, okay. <laughs> I, I I know it's a thing that people do, and and the argument that you just laid out is definitely kind of the argument that people make. But I I tend to think that it's you know you're you're deciding to say no for somebody at that point, and I would rather them say no actively. Uh, and but you know. If you're really trying to save money, I can see the the point of doing it. Uh, I just kind of tend to think that uh, making that decision for people isn't the best business decision maybe.
1: Right, right. And, and I mean also the open rates are just not that accurate. So, well, mm-hmm. first of all, messages will go into spam. Like I find my messages going into spam all the time. Yep especially because I'm writing with code and code looks suspicious. And so it's putting people's <laughs> spam boxes. Like, I mean, I mean, some of my clients, I joke with them. I know what you guys think of me because all my messages go to spam, but like, what am I sending them? I'm sending them code at the end of each day of training. So like, duh, yeah. it's going to look bad. Yeah. Um, I also, years ago when I started uh, the, the, the late Mandarin weekly list. Um, so I found that the open rates were really low. And I decided to prune the list. And so I emailed all the people who had not opened it in like the last three months. And I said, hi, I see you haven't opened it. I'm just going to remove you. I received such a torrent of messages from people (laughs) saying, no, no, don't remove me. Of course I subscribe. Of course I read it. That's when I realized that the open rates are woefully undercounting. Um, And so I'm just scared of throwing people off. And I'd rather pay a bit of extra money to drip um, for a larger list. Um, I mean, maybe at some point I'll send out a message to all those people who haven't opened it saying, Hey, um, according to my records, you haven't opened it. Um, I worry that it's going into spam. Now, of course, the irony of that is maybe that message will go to spam too. But that might help if people whitelisted. But who who among like how many of your users know how to whitelist addresses? Probably not too many. Yeah. So um and so that, I I just don't worry about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think ultimately that when you're using a an email list like this for business purposes it's important to keep in mind that ultimately your open rate is really just a vanity metric the the thing that drives your business is your sales and conversions through the list and that that's really the the thing you should focus on and open rate, you know can play into that in some way but artificially giving yourself a smaller list so that you get a higher open rate isn't really going to move the needle on your actual sales.
1: Uh, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. And I'm not saying this out of any great experience, but when I was running Mandarin weekly and I was trying to get advertisers, they would ask me what my open rate was. Mm -hmm. And I know that over time people dropped off and stopped reading it. And so I know that my open rate would have been higher had I, prune the list and I might've been able to get better advertising rates as a result. So if you're looking at get advertisers, it might actually make sense.
2: Yep. That's but fair.
1: Otherwise I 100% agree with you that it's, it's not worth like you. you otherwise who cares?
2: <laughs> yep.
1: Um, okay. What else? Yeah, any other questions from what I said or suggestions?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Like one of the things that I've kind of struggled with in trying to get to being active on mailing my list is kind of overcoming some of my own internal objections to both doing it and wanting to receive things. Like I'm for the most part kind of a – I don't sign up for lists kind of a guy because I just don't want a lot of stuff coming into my inbox and it's hard for me – To always keep in mind that just because I don't like a thing or like a thing to be a certain way doesn't mean that everybody is that same way. Did you did you experience that at all? And if so, like, what did you do to kind of get over that?
1: Look, so I've gone up and down with subscribing to mailing lists over the years. Like I'll, I'll subscribe to a bunch and I'll say, Oh my God, what am I thinking? I'm already <laughs> so behind with my email and then I'll unsubscribe from just about everything. Then I'll say, Oh, I really miss hearing from so-and-so and so i will resubscribe. So, um, I figure other people are sort of similar in that way. Uh, like I, I want the content I write to be useful and I want it to be like practical. And so I think my biggest mistake is just writing too much. Like better to write a tiny amount or a small amount that's easily digestible. They'll read a little bit and then they'll say, oh, okay, this was good. Because I think otherwise people get this sort of guilt feeling of, oh, my God, I got it again. I haven't even read the last 10, you know, 10 things. I'll just stop it now. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't have a, a really hard and fast rule on that. I'm hoping that people enjoy it. Like the, the feedback I get is positive generally. I actually have a message that goes out after the 50-second message. To my mailing list, and I say, "Wow, you've been subscribing for a year already. I'm really pleased we've been doing this together. Like, send me a note and tell me where you're from if you haven't done that before, and tell me what topics you'd be interested in." Um, And I get a few messages from people like that saying, "Oh, this is you know, this is great. I'm really enjoying it." Um, Look, no one's going to write and say, "You're an idiot. I hate what you write." (laughs) They're just going to unsubscribe. Uh, So, so it's very positive feedback. So I I don't don't have a great answer to that, but um, I'm hoping it's good for the people who subscribe and. The number of unsubscribes is relatively low, so I feel I feel good about that.
2: That's good. Uh, have you had to do anything in particular to be compliant with GDPR, or are you concerned about GDPR? Or <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I have done literally nothing, literally nothing, because I sort of figure, okay, like if someone. Oh, like, so so GDPR, for those who not know, is like this whole set of rules that the European Union came out with. I think it started, what, like August 1st, something like that.
2: Yeah, um, earlier this they, year sometime.
1: Early, Earlier, this year. And they basically say, look, if, you have, if you're running an email list um, or if you have information about people – basically, if you have any information about people, you need to make it clear to them that they can get removed and how they'll be removed. And, and if they ask to be removed, you'll remove them and so on and so forth. And my feeling is I have so little information about people, and it's all voluntary. If someone writes and says, please remove me, I'll remove them, right? Like, gone. It's so easy. Um, And I decided not to change any of my messages or privacy policies because I don't want someone. I don't want someone's information who doesn't want to be on my list. I actually literally a week ago, a week and a half ago, got email, a very, very short email from someone saying, this is an official GDPR uh, deletion request, please remove any information you have about me. I'm like, and so I wrote them back I said, okay, I just want to make sure you want to get off this list. You want to get off that list. And I sent that and I was like, what am I stupid? He wants me off. Take him off. (laughs) So, so I just erased the guy from my system and drip makes it easy to do. I'll also tell you drip. Um, so, so when you get a message on drip, it says at the bottom of the message in the footer, click here to unsubscribe. So I had people accidentally unsubscribe from everything when they actually only wanted to unsubscribe from one thing. Like they wanted to unsubscribe from some email course, and they actually got off my thing. And then they emailed me and say, please re-add me. So I try to re-add me, and the system won't let me. And I found out it's because if you do the unsubscribe all, then Drip says, oh, you never want to hear from Reuven again. And it puts them on a blacklist where I cannot add them, and that's to like stop me from basically – uh, violating various laws. Mm-hmm. So, um, they have that. So, so I've learned this from the drip people. I basically have to have them re add themselves. So I say, go subscribe to any of my ma- mailing lists. It does not matter which one, just like the moment you're activated, then I can re add you and rejigger it. Yeah. Um, uh, and- I mean, have you, have you done any CPR stuff? I mean, cause you've actually got a SAS running also. So I assume you need to worry about that a little more. Uh, or not. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: I, I've I've largely been kind of taking the same approach that you have, that uh, you know, one, I'm a, a very small player, I don't capture a lot of personal information from people. Uh, and then if you know, if somebody does request that I remove their account and all their data, then sure, I'll I'll go do it. And it'll you know, at this point it'll be a hand cranked process and if things get out of control and I've got a lot of people asking for that, then I'll build a tool that'll make it easier. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's also, you know, um, uh, like there's still kind of some question about GDPR and how, and if it will be enforced and kind of what it all means once it actually meets some legal challenges, which I'm sure it will, uh, you know, upon the first time that they try to enforce it on people, there'll be some court cases and some things will shake out to kind of clarify exactly what's expected of companies.
1: Right. And and I'm also guessing, and several people on some Slack channels I'm on were saying this. They were like, look, if you're a small business, one you know, one to ten person business. And you don't delete someone exactly the right way or you don't have exactly the right privacy policy. They're not about to fine you, though, whatever it is, however many tens of thousands of dollars per day. They're going to say to you, hey, you should get compliant, right? We're not Amazon yeah. or Coca-Cola or General Motors here. Um, yep. Not yet. Not yet. So <laughs> basically, um, I, I'm just not worried because in addition to what you're saying, which is totally true, let someone else sort out the legal issues. Um I am such a small fish that um, the worst case scenario is someone's going to send a really, really angry message and CC the GDPR compliance people in the EU saying, Reuven is terrible. He does not delete me. And then I'll say, OK, you're deleted. Done. And that's that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that was all the questions that I had jotted down as we were going through stuff. Any other? Um, I mean, I know that um, I'm trying
1: to think. Jo- Jonathan and Philip uh, Morgan. A few other people, I'm sure, do daily messages. Yeah. First of all, I'm I'm in awe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, second of all, uh, I of course to be like, fair,
2: those guys, I don't think are writing 12 or 1,500 words a day to their list. Fair enough.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. Right. They're, they're sending pretty short things typically. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I, I just I just don't see myself ever doing something like that. Uh. But. But I, like that's, that's a totally different approach where basically you're saying, look, I'm giving you value every single day. And the fact that it's not an evergreen campaign, the fact that you need to like basically think of new stuff each day, it's not hard to think of new things each day necessarily, especially if you've got clients and coaching clients and you can think of new stuff. But um, but like I, I like the fact that I wrote <laughs> dozens of messages and I more or less never need to revisit them unless and until someone says, hey, there's a bug and such and such. And then I I usually try to try to fix that. Not always, but usually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's nice. I mean, that you can have that totally different style of of approach to how you're going to do a a mailing list. Uh, You know, like yours is the create evergreen content and let new people sign up to it. And those guys are just, Hey, if you didn't catch, if you weren't on my email list yesterday and you missed yesterday's email too bad, you, but you can join today and then you'll get tomorrow's email.
1: Um. Right, right. I definitely find that sort of a little, a little funny and weird with, uh, with the daily messages, which is like you, you miss it. It's gone. I mean, there'll be more stuff coming. Whereas like with mine, sometimes people will say to me, oh, someone, at my, you know, my, someone else in my company uh, subscribes to your uh, list. So can I subscribe and how can I get the things I missed? I said, oh, well, just subscribe now and it'll show up. And they're a little sort of surprised by this. But once I explain to them how the technology works, they're like, oh, oh, that's 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 fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, no one seems to be upset. Oh, I'm getting old stuff because it's still hopefully useful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the good things about doing a list that's educational in this way, you know, it's not you're not discussing current events each day. So, uh, you know, that can can make sense for you, whereas some other you know type of mailing list couldn't really pull that off. Right.
1: I mean, I definitely, when I'm writing, if I reference something in time, I try to specify the <laughs> month and year as opposed to last month or next month. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise it can be a little uh, little weird. Yeah. I see but, that. Uh, but yeah, for, for the most part, most it works pretty well. All right. Well, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just add one, one more thing, which is, um, I mean, my my regular mailing list, I just write. I mean, I enjoy writing. I think I do a good job of it. Uh but I was really struggling to turn that into conversions for my products. And so I actually hired a marketing writer um, and it felt a little weird to me. And we can talk about marketing writing another time on the show. But like I just integrated what he wrote with some edits for me, but not even a lot of them, into my campaigns and into what I'm doing. And no one seems to notice. <laughs> so uh, so of course, if you're a subscriber to my list, then I wrote it all myself and I'm talking nonsense now. Um, but it's okay to have, you know, guest posts. It's okay to hire marketing writers. The point of your list is not just to get internet famous. The point of your list is to actually drive sales. And so, um, you know, mix it up, try different things. Uh, worst case scenario, something won't work. You can delete that message and, you know, move on. Yep. Okay. I think we've, uh, covered this. by the way, if, if, if you know, as, as usual, we always invite like comments and feedback and so forth, but I'm very, very curious to hear what people have to say about like main list and everything we're saying here. So uh, you know, all of our contact information is in the show notes. Let us know and uh, we'll be happy to go into greater depth on any of this if anyone wants. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, you got any fix
0: for us this week? Hi, this is Charles Maxwood, and I've been asked more times than I can count, how do I stay current? There's a lot to this question, and I'm working on a solution. Code badges. That's right. You heard me right. Basically, the idea is is that you come and do a code badge, and that gets you an introduction to a topic. Then you can decide if you want to pursue it further. But while working on the badge, you gain enough proficiency to be able to pick it up again if you need. A lot of technology comes through on the bleeding edge, and not all of it sticks, but the principles do. So doing badges on the technologies that will get you ahead will provide you with experience needed to stay competitive. Plus, it offers social proof that you know something about the topic. The project is on Kickstarter right now. You could support it and get on the launch list at codebadge.org. Uh
2: yeah. So uh, I'll go with Write uh, Message that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Brennan's company, uh, where they do email personalization, and it, you can even use it for website personalization. So that once somebody has come to your site and you know read an article about design, uh, you can know that they're more likely to be interested in design articles than they are development articles, for instance. Uh, it's it's a really cool uh, service. Uh, and I think it could do good for a lot of people. Um, I can't say that I remember the link right off the top of my head, but it will be in the notes. Yeah. I think that's all I got today. All right.
1: Uh, so I, uh, well, I'm going to put a whole bunch of links in the show notes as well for some mm-hmm. of the different products and services that we talked about here. Um, it's, it's a large and growing, um, uh, number of, uh, You know services. So we will probably leave off some of your favorites. That's okay. Let us know. Uh, For my pick, I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the book Blind Ambition by John Dean. And I'm going to guess that most, if not everyone listening to this podcast, and that includes me, has no recollection of John Dean actually being an important figure. He was the White House counsel during the Nixon, part of the Nixon administration. And he was the guy who basically went to Congress and testified Oh, by the way, we were covering up all these crimes uh, <laughs> and uh, managed to bring Nixon down. And I was not expecting it to be as fascinating and entertaining as it actually is. The guy, well, apparently he had a ghostwriter help him, but it doesn't matter. These are great stories and shocking and amazing um, and great, great fun for anyone interested in history or current events. That? Hint, hint. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks thanks, all of you for listening. Jeremy, thanks as always for a great conversation.
2: Yes, sir. And
1: we'll be back next week on the Freelancer Show.
2: Bye, everybody.
0: Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.